0: go
1: or Uh, yeah you can go whenever now it's recording
0: (laughs) we should just leave this in it's it's, yeah it's the content people (laughs) want
1: all right your face is the content people want that's
0: so beautiful (laughs) all right (laughs) welcome <laughs> okay. All right. one, two, one, three. one. Welcome listeners to the Homebrew Brew podcast, a podcast that takes you into the minds, lives and needs and all the other stuff of players just like you. Today, I'm your wonderful host, Rodney. I am taking the lead and I am joined always by my good friend, Elmer. Elmer, how's it going?
1: Uh, it's going great getting to be the other host. And, uh, you know, Rodney, I always need you. <laughs>
0: uh, I don't know how to respond to that. Hey, uh... <laughs> Uh, (laughs) hey we got um one of my one of my she's old friends which is weird saying that it feels like i met him yesterday but i've known him for 15 years and it's always weird yeah it's it's been that long it 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 is weird when you know somebody online and you have to use their first name when you know them by their handle so uh this is my buddy my good friend jared jared welcome
2: uh how's it going today for you Uh, i'm good i just uh woke up about maybe two hours ago my cat puked on me like last night so it, oh, it's no. it's it's been bad but it's getting better ah, it's uh, they're cute. so cute but so evil yeah yeah especially this one it's a uh, like a very fat Maine Coon cat so she coughs <laughs> up a lot of hairballs uh. it seems like all the Maine Coons are always big you never hear about like a skinny Maine Coon I think that's the reason we got her because we wanted to if I remember right at the time we wanted to get like a dog kind of size cat and then <laughs> we got her and She filled out, but the downside is all the fucking hairballs.
0: Oh, man. Oh, so I guess we should.
1: It's a cat that can eat a burglar for a change. Exactly.
0: All right. Um, today we are of course talking about ttrpgs tabletop stuff that's why everyone's here so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw you some questions and uh be, after we get in that we're gonna we're gonna have some video game talk today which is pretty cool because if i know anything it's a bunch of video game stuff so uh jared let me ask you uh what's your first uh tabletop
2: game was it dD uh yeah d 5e i think uh I played with a couple people over Discord about probably around maybe 2017 2018 so so the pre-pandemic days. Yeah, pretty much. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Uh so what what did you play? What was your character?
2: Uh, I was a bard human, and I think it was like a custom character. I had to go over it with my DM at the time. Um, he was a time traveling hippie that got like MK Ultra mind experimented on, and he was like <laughs> sent into like the D and D world, and they messed up like the experiment, so his mind was completely wiped, and he had no idea what was going on. That's so not- he. he
1: go ahead but that sounds like quite a concept uh like was the uh the plot about you rediscovering your mind or was this all done like pre-game and then wasn't really a thing
2: it was all pre-game and you know the funny thing is we barely brought it up except i'd have like just moments where i'd just be like hang on this doesn't seem
0: right if only he brought a gun with him that would have been made to, <laughs> made the victory a little easier i think uh, i brought
2: a like a guitar from like a jimmy Hendrix concert <laughs> concert or something if i remember right Perfect.
1: i just love the idea of like your medieval bard just you know playing Hendrix and all the peasants being like, like, uh, so I like I, f- they end up back play, to the future. I got the new sound for you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I play guitar in real life, so I was, um, all I would play was like the intro to Stairway to Heaven, like the first couple of notes, and then be like, I-, I don't remember the rest, but we'll get around to it. Most,
0: it seems like most guitar players don't know the rest of that song, it's just, <laughs> uh, it's just, yeah, there's just first few chords. Um, so Dungeons and Dragons was your first one. Have you played any other table? top stuff or do you want
2: to uh, not since stuff? then i've been um we talked about getting into uh, is it called shadow run yep yeah we talked about getting into shadow run but we never got there so mostly <laughs> uh dnd and um I think it was just one of the base campaigns, Neverwinter. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The, but yeah,
2: we just did that—the the
0: classic Never Neverwinter uh, from Forgotten Realms. Um, it's interesting you bring up Shadow Shadowrun because a running theme throughout the first season is everybody wants to play Shadowrun the and then never, do, never, never happens <laughs> or ends after one session. It, it seems like one of those cursed games that never happens. I think Elmer has too.
1: Yeah, I have. I've played. Well, I've been involved in like. Five Shadowrun campaigns, and there has never been one where we've played longer than the time it took us to make characters.
2: Yeah, I, it seems incredibly complicated, <laughs> but it's one of those things. Like, I look at it, and I'm like, from the outside, it looks incredibly interesting. It's just one of those things. It's like it doesn't seem like it's ever going to happen for me or anyone. We've we've, yeah. we've, we've
0: mentioned um, the interesting thing about Shadowrun is how it started back in I, um, I believe, the early '90s. It might be a little bit earlier. But some of the events that were far future then have passed now. Like, you know, like something was supposed to happen in 2015. Well, that's old news. So I've been wondering if the newer editions of if Shadowruns advanced the plot line a little bit and made stuff even farther in the future. I'm just imagining
2: them writing it and being like, imagine a phone that could take a picture of you.
0: <laughs> just, uh, yeah, kind, kind of like that. Or imagine imagine it, it always, deadly...
1: Yeah, it, it always makes me think about the Thundar, the barbarian cartoon. In the distant year, 1998, a comet <laughs> passes between the earth and the moon.
0: <laughs> it's always great watching old media when they talk about like, far off years and you're just like, oh, it's 15 years ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh,
1: so, Jared, if you were to play Shadowrun, Run, do you have an idea what kind of character you'd make?
2: Not really. I mean, it was just one of those things, like, we talked about briefly. I pretty much was just like, hey, I'd love to play that at some point. And they were, I think my DM was just like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm not learning those systems, so, so
1: yeah. we'll just say maybe.
0: It's uh, Yeah, the, the issue being with a lot of new game systems is a player will go, hey, look at this, and the dm will take one look at it go i'm never running that (laughs) i imagine so that's what happened um so, so did, you, did you enjoy the DD? I know you're you're a really new player. Would you would you play it again? Is that one of the Oh yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, we uh I'm trying to remember how many campaigns we ran. I, it was like uh maybe two, three months we did it, but we just got all busy and shit. So groups separated up pretty much.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's with stuff opening back up, uh, a lot of game groups suddenly a lot harder to get everybody on the same page. I know I've been experiencing that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like
1: our current game game we only play every like six to eight weeks and man <laughs> I, I i have craving for more
0: it's and it's hard to get your character down you kind of when you when you have like two weeks off and you come back to a game you, you spend the first 45 minutes kind of remembering who you who you are in this game and what you're doing and by the time you get going it's like okay see you in 19 days or whatever
2: yeah right Um, they had us do recaps but it was just like one of those things it was like whoever you know people would forget to write down the recaps of from their perspective and stuff so it would all just be based off memory
1: you know tell us a little bit more about your bard i know that uh he was from the future and uh you told us he was a a classic horny bard before we started but uh, oh yeah yeah could you uh give (laughs) us a little more detail about him
2: yeah i mean it was uh let's see i think i'm trying to remember everything about this bard there was so much him and it just went on and on but one of the main things was he had beautiful hair so you know with discord you're able to send gifts and stuff so i was able to send like those shampoo commercial gifts (laughs) so anytime like i'd roll like a really really good charisma like a 20 or something i'd like be like okay and then he shakes his hair like a shampoo commercial and just send a bunch of gifts to give it samples. oh uh, that's
1: great that's actually a different use of uh, discord that i haven't heard anybody say that they did much did you just use it for that or were there other things
2: yeah it was just uh we primarily used a uh, discord for D and a lot of the gifts and stuff came in handy in there and even like um kind of just like communicating with emojis and shit like that too
1: Yeah, I could see it being fun, like, as a wizard to pick out your favorite, like, explosion gif for every time you cast Fireball.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know know, uh, Discord has the the table flip emote (laughs) filled in, (laughs) and I've I've used that a few times. They've also
2: got um, those bots. Um, We have one installed in our personal server, but we've never, like, really fully used it. A V R A E, uh, I think it's called. Is that the spelling? Yeah, it's um, pretty in depth. It's like got all the spells and stuff in there, but I, you know, we've only used it a couple times just to primarily fuck around.
0: Yeah, just kind of dice rolls. If yeah, if uh, if you're on Discord and you do play in D and D, uh, yeah, find a bot a v r a. Look that up and on disc, look that up that name and Discord. I hey, do you know how to use a search engine? <laughs> do that and then uh, it'll show up and in your channel you can dice roll. And if you're connected with your, you can connect them with your D and D Beyond account, and then you can. Get information about anything, any monster you want. So it's great.
1: Well, also just uh, to plug some other fun uh, Discord bots that I've seen. Um, if you play Fate, where it has the fudge dice, where it's the pluses and minuses and blanks, you can roll. You can download. The really creatively named Fate Roller Five, uh, <laughs> uh, which will roll fate dice for you and give the results with whatever your modifier is, and then there's a uh, one that uh, Brandon set up in his uh, game store uh, Discord that oh. will actually look up magic cards and show you like the picture and all the effects for it.
0: That's that's nice. A, that's, that's pretty awesome. So, like, he he made it himself? No, he just found it. Like
1: oh. <laughs> Bob isn't nearly that technical, technically proficient. I,
0: uh, I'm just wondering.
1: I respect You're, the hunt. Yeah. Uh, have you played any, like, uh, I think of them as, like, uh, tabletop adjacent games, like Magic the Gathering or anything like that?
2: Uh, not really. When I was a kid, I had, like, a bunch of Pokemon cards, but it was literally just to show off. <laughs> like... You never actually played the game? No, no, no. Just, uh, like, in the neighborhood, that was pretty much it. All we bought was the Pokemon cards just to show off to each other pretty much.
0: I've heard about a lot of kids doing that, and it's basically just, like, this one has a bigger number than yours, so it's <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my! Uh, my nephew actually does that, and uh, it was terrible because apparently he got this really rare card in one of his sets, and he forgot to record like the unboxing for his little uh, TikTok channel. Oh. And- Oof. his dad had him recreate it and he got so much hate because everyone could tell that it was <laughs> recreated. And I'm like, oh, Ron, you, you should have known better than that. People on the internet are terrible.
2: Yeah, TikTok is so rough. Like, I love that app. Like, I have fine-tuned it to see, like, some of the weirdest stuff possible. But yeah, some sides of that are incredibly rough on kids. Any any favorites that come to mind? Uh, on TikTok, uh, right now, I got a weird sponsored ad a while back for this um let me find them real quick they it's just some lady and her dog and it's called i love uh bentley or something like that or i love my bmw let me see and all she does is post pictures of her dog and the comments are just like i love you bentley and she will reply back to everybody and she's like bentley loves you
0: (laughs) I, i i find you know that a lot of my social media is taken up by uh animal stuff because you know real life being depressing sometimes i'll just fill my feet up with goofy dog and cat pictures oh yeah that guy yeah all right uh let's let's start getting into to to the big topic today we're gonna talk about video game rpgs oh yeah donkey kong donkey kong (laughs) 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 we had the joke before we got on i asked jared uh what rpg should we talk about he immediately said donkey kong (laughs) We're so kind of stuck on that. Donkey Kong I, not being a traditional RPG. Go ahead. Oh I think
1: that kind of puts us in the position where we should define what we mean by uh, an RPG video game.
0: I would start with, I guess you gain levels and e- experience from fighting enemies. I, that would be kind of RPG uh, s- story. Maybe
2: um, I guess it's such a, like a, like a wide net. It's kind of hard to like put a finger on it. Cause like um, I'd consider Borderlands an RPG, but I think some people would just say, it's like, well, Oh, no, it's a looter shooter,
0: yeah. Or, uh, would
2: you consider Elden Ring an RPG? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. It's, uh, it's an action RPG, but you know, it's uh, still an RPG, such as like
0: an or would you consider Zelda Link to the Past an RPG? That's just, for example, that does not have levels and has very little dialogues, but people would still consider that an RPG.
2: I guess, uh, when you look at the term role playing, you know, that's exactly it. You're playing the role of somebody, which again, it casts a wide net, but yeah, in terms of Zelda, I think. it lines up perfectly with uh, the term RPG, just because you know, since it doesn't have like a classic RPG mechanics like leveling and all that stuff, it doesn't fall exactly into the net, but I think it's close enough. See, I'm just thinking about Donkey Kong, because like (laughs) the criteria... No, no, seriously,
1: the criteria I was thinking of, like, there has to be some kind of world travel element, there has to be a strong uh, antagonist, and there has to be some kind of advancement, so I think I some kind of advancement play. might rule out donkey kong but then that would include like super mario world if you think about right
2: it. and i should clarify the donkey kong i'm talking about is like for the original nintendo like when mario was first introduced it's like uh when he's standing on the uh, platforms and you have to like save the princess and stuff
0: yeah oh, that's his. that's his quest that's that's right yeah there. yeah
2: there you go the you're princess, literally going uh, up
0: levels yep yeah <laughs> but i'm <bumped>. shh. <laughs> Uh so what's some of your guys' let's start listing some some of your guys' favorite. We'll start with Elmer here. Uh Elmer, you're you're kind of old school, like me. That's a nice way of saying you're old. Uh, <laughs> what's, what's some of your favorite, some of your favorite RPGs from years past? Well,
1: I wanted to jump back and uh, oh. actually like mention what I think, what, what is the first RPG I remember playing on a uh, console. And uh, that was Dragon Warrior on the NES.
0: Ah, uh, yes.
1: And uh, I, I just loved it. Like it had a lot of the traditional elements. You had classes. Um, you didn't have class changes at that point. You had experience levels you had equipment you had a big very vaguely defined quest uh and a world to explore um i think like my favorite part in that though was like the sense of accomplishment i got the first time i leveled up from killing slimes (laughs)
0: I've I've gone back and and played the original Dragon Warrior a few times at least attempted it and man those those old games were a little bit grindy guys (laughs) yeah oh they were very grindy you were gonna have to you were gonna have to spend a couple hours like you said fighting slimes to get levels and do you think that was part of because of the limitations of the system or do you think that was more of the game developers padding it out like if we make them grind for hours then it'll add to play time I think, oh, either <laughs> of us throwing it out there yeah oh, okay
1: about it. <laughs> I think it's probably they didn't know what they were doing like it just started out and I mean Dungeons and Dragons was first it was before right. Dragon warrior and I think they were kind of trying to replicate this system of getting experience to go up levels and having greater experience requirements for every level that you have to get but i think it was hard at that time to to know how to balance the power level of the monsters versus the rate that somebody wants to level up. Um, you know, I think that had a lot to do with it. And that's why you if end up I with me- palette swap versions of monsters, because you needed something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, if I remember correctly, reading about Dragon Warrior, um, they basically took the whole idea from the early computer games, stuff like the Ultima, Zork, and uh, which was in a game which was big in Japan, but wasn't super big here, but was known, the Wizardry series. I think that was hugely influential to the Dragon Warrior design and uh, I I, I played a few wizardry wizardry, that's, that's hard to say, wizardry games and my issue being with it was the dungeons were in primitive 3D and I can't handle that I can't handle making maps on graph paper. I'm not that old school. I'm sorry.
1: Well, and it was actually harder with the primitive 3D to try to do that because you would get confused about where like edges were. Um, yeah. Jared, yeah, what, was the, and, uh, what were you going say, Rodney?
0: I was, I was just going to say, and also that it was hard because every single tile looked the same because like you said, the primitive graphic, you know, it was basically just an endless brick wall dungeon that every turn and thing looked the same but i guess that was some of the fun back then
1: <laughs> uh jared what was the first game like rpg video game you recall playing
2: uh recall playing i mean um i recall watching my brother play uh vagrant story oh uh, that's 1. yeah yeah which you know ps1 but i think uh the first rpg pl- i played was uh probably chrono trigger a classic good choice Did you- yep and then um Along with that, like I said, if you count Legend of Zelda, uh, Link to the Past and Zelda 1 and 2. But I think uh, most of my time was probably spent on Chrono Trigger, and like I said, I watched a lot of uh, Vagrant story. It was one of those ones I've always wanted to get into, but I just I never got around to it. But it, it's such a beautiful looking game, and yeah, it's one of those things I have on like my bucket list. But yeah, Chrono Trigger is pretty much the uh, main thing I've played. Who's your
0: uh, favorite Chrono Trigger character?
2: <laughs> oh, probably Frog yeah like just,
1: or just oh those are both great choices um oh yeah what are your thoughts on magus
2: um it, a little bit of a goth kid but i respect <laughs> it he's got the he's got the depeche mode drip i i love it but you <laughs> well, know i'm he's a frog the, guy till i die he's the goth kid
1: but he can back it up with something right <laughs> yeah he's got the scythe he's just yeah. he's throwing it down
0: i remember my first time um when I played through that game for the first time and beat it and I asked you know my, my friend said oh you finished it and he's like what do you think of when Megus joined your party and I was like what because <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the prompt I think I told him off and he did not join my party and so that's ended up being an RPG I had to play twice which you know so good to get him back at my party see I had
1: played oh go ahead Jared go ahead no go ahead i say I had played Final Fantasy 2 before that and there's the whole thing with Galvez joining your party so I was pretty much obsessed after that point with the idea that you know you have to be careful with the dialogue prompts because a bad guy could join you you just have to not blow it
0: Elmer you just you just showed how old school you are by calling it Final Fantasy 2 and all the nerds are gonna get mad at us yeah I let them get <laughs> Mad. You they be want to be mad they want to be mad but yeah
2: uh, I, um i always love branching paths in games so chrono trigger was one of those ones where it's like if you open something in the past you know it would affect the you, you know be different in the future or if you didn't open it you could go back get a more powerful item and stuff and i think uh the concept of that is probably what drew me into rpgs in general
0: it also I, had had a, one of the great things about it was every you could do so many different party combinations and each one was legit depending on which characters you liked. So there was so much replay value just going back and going okay, what if I have the I forget the name, the cave woman, the robot, and the frog this time? What's what's their special attacks going to look like? And that right. kind of kept me coming back.
1: I've I've I love the whole thing with the sunstone and moonstone in Chrono Trigger. Oh yeah. You- we you have to get the moonstone and leave it in the temple in the past and it has to absorb like a thousand years of light or whatever to become a sunstone. And I've wanted to do that at a tabletop so bad, but I've never actually pulled it off. <laughs> <laughs> like, every game I come up with some, like, way to try to, like, like
2: squeeze that in there. I don't know. Uh, I imagine, too, it's like uh, you set that up and then, like, the players are just like, what if we break it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> they would too there's
2: I know, a we... meme going around that was just like uh, the DM has to like look up like uh, baby puzzles for like first graders or something <laughs> like that for people <laughs>
1: i've had a couple different puzzles where like the players have come out of left field with some conclusion i wasn't expecting and i've had to adjust the solution to the puzzle because what they say makes sense i just wasn't expecting it um like uh you know when i hear the witching hour i always think midnight right right Right. technically if you look like old school the meaning of it was actually between 2 and 3 a.m. and like the original uk usage of the witching hour so i was actually playing with a character who a player who knew that so like i had this entire clock puzzle with different hints for every like piece of the clock and i had to figure out what to do when like they started with that of their one piece of information they knew had to be true and then built all of their other answers on that
0: <laughs> elmer um we probably we probably covered this because you know we've had some we've we've got some el- episodes under our our under a big bow. uh what was your first console rpg experience well uh besides uh, dragon warrior like dragon what besides dragon War. What, what was some of the other ones that you know i I, was a, um-
1: I played a lot of the uh rpgs up through probably ps2 like i'm not really uh, like i guess i'm a retro gamer whatever that means <laughs> um chrono trigger is definitely a favorite final fantasy 3 slash 6 definitely there we go. up there um, I think if I could only play one RPG over and over again for the rest of my life, it'd probably be Ogre Battle for the Super Ni- Nintendo, if you ever played that.
0: We were talking about Ogre Battle a little bit before we came on air, and uh, one, of the, one of the major things about Ogre Battle is some of the mechanics are a little, take a little bit of getting used to. The, for, for example, you don't want to use your highest level units to fight or you're you'll get the bad ending. I, I think you can go into more more detail cuz I think you've you've played a lot more than I have. Yeah, the
1: uh
2: the big thing to master in that one and uh Jared, have you played it at all? I have not. It kind of I haven't played this either, but it kind of reminds me of a uh, Fire Emblem. I could I could
1: see that. They're both uh turn-based strategy games um with kind of permanent effects
2: on like your party, it sounds
1: like. Um not exactly. It's not like Fire Emblem where uh if a character dies, they're dead. Um, you know, that, that's like kind of a bit of unforgiving difficulty though. It does <laughs> yeah, make those games yeah. interesting. Um, no, uh, the, the, the big similarity I see between it is if you think about the most recent fire emblem, the relationships between characters matter. And in old school ogre battle, you had what was an alignment score and, The lower your alignment score, the more evil your character was. The more higher the alignment score, the more good they were. And every character and every troop had it. And if you had, like, a leader of a group that had, like, a zero alignment, and then you had a character in the group that had, like... An alignment above 70 or something both characters would actually do less damage when they were together oh um additionally the alignment of the characters influences one another so say you have a paladin and you throw it in a group with a bunch of werewolves and a mage the paladin's (laughs) alignment will drop or if you say you have a mage and you throw it in a group with a bunch of paladins and valkyries his alignment will start to go up so part of the game is balancing those alignments and uh those alignments. And then the other piece of it is you have a reputation meter and your reputation meter is impacted by who you have liberate towns, how you deal with fighting the battles. And one of the things I really love about the reputation score is if you have a high alignment unit that's lower level than an enemy on a town and they fight higher level enemies, especially low alignment ones, then your reputation will go up very quickly. But you can have your like evil units that are higher level. Fighting enemy units out in the field, and that won't impact your reputation as much as if they were fighting in a town.
2: This sounds incredibly in depth. And this was for the Nintendo.
0: Yeah. Um. It. it the, the. The. Thing about this was it wasn't well explained in the game. Like, no, you had like <laughs> to figure I, it out. Yeah, you or like me, you had to go to Game Facts, and after you got the bad ending, and go, "What did I do wrong? Why was I assassinated?" <laughs> and uh,
1: which characters join you is determined by a combination of a alignment and reputation and the other characters that you've recruited so like if you recruit a really bad character it might keep a really good character from joining you just based on reputation um and then there are a bunch of collectible items you can gather but you have to pick up on clues that were ridiculously hard a lot of times to find yeah and it has i believe 26 endings like one for each zodiac card oh my god zodiac plays a role in
0: it <laughs> yeah and when i originally played it as 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 a as a young person didn't know any of this just B line for the ending and and got 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 a bad ending a bad you know as an ending but I got a bad ending and I was just watching the screen like what just happened
1: <laughs> Did you get the ending where the real prince shows up at like the victory feast and has you assassinated like you get stabbed at the victory feast That's that's the one I got <laughs> cuz I got the one where the original pr- the first time I played I got the one where the the real prince shows up and ends up basically banishing you like, Like, very clearly being like, thanks for saving everybody now, GTFO. Oh, like
2: the Fallout 1 ending?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You're a hero. Fuck off. (laughs) Yeah. Basically. You're a um, hero, but you're also a threat to me. Uh, Yeah, exactly. So, Jared, what is your favorite, like... If you could only play one RPG video game for the rest of your life, what game would it be?
2: You know, I was uh, I was thinking while you guys were talking, and I was like, man, what game affects me like that? And I think it's uh, Fallout New Vegas. I've probably put maybe, I don't know, 600... 800 hours into that i've never gotten tired of it i've played it all the way through i've done all the quest lines multiple times i've like looked up lore i've done everything to that game i've modified it like i i do not think i could get tired of it it's probably one of the best written games i've ever played and i think uh a lot of people had complaints about the downloadable content for that but it's just like i am, from top to bottom i always loved the just the writing the atmosphere the lore everything about it just it felt genuine and authentic you know
0: i know that the I, world oh go ahead rodney I, I was i was going to talk about the the fallout new vegas dlc and i think the the one everybody had the major problem with was, was it Dead Hearts.
2: Uh, dead money.
0: Dead money. Yeah. They they um didn't they strip you of your do the whole thing where they strip you of your inventory and then throw you yeah, somewhere?
2: And they locked you into it pretty much so you couldn't leave. Yeah, that's that's always a fun but you were gonna say something, Elmer.
1: I was gonna say I know the Fallout I've I've played a little Fallout, but not a lot, and I know their world is really rich. Uh for the listeners. Uh, could one of you guys or both of you guys just give us the uh, like very short cinematic explanation of the world and then a little bit about what's different about New Vegas versus the base game Um, do, do it Rodney?
0: yeah yeah Fallout do the work <laughs> <laughs> I'm, tr- I'm trying to think how Fallout is Fallout is set 200 years in the future after a uh, nuclear war with uh, China, I think, was with China who yeah, attacked yeah. us. And the premise is that America in the 1950s was stuck in the 1950s aesthetic for the next hundred years. Technology stagnated and kind of the old timey uh, art deco style never went away. And instead of embracing microchips, we, we kept uh, using tube technology kind of stuff. So that explains the old school feel. And the basic gist of the whole thing is before the nuclear war happens, the United States Commonwealth, I think at the time, because the United States split into 12 different commonwealths or something like that. Uh, again, this lore, I'm doing this from the top of my head, and this lore is massive, so excuse me <laughs> if I make any mistakes. But they put... They they knew the war was going to happen, so they put the population into underground bunkers called vaults. And they knew that the majority of the vaults would fail and wouldn't, you know, actually protect the people. So they used the vaults for crazy experiments and bizarre happenings. And meanwhile, they put all the important rich people in the one vault that is actually supposed to, you know, stay open. And some of the vaults, some of the vaults they did social experiments like okay and this one we're just going to have a thousand kids in this one this one we're going to have 999 women and one man and then the reverse would be 999 men and one woman that kind of crazy stuff and in every game you come from one of these vaults and like the first game you come from a vault and you're a primitive who's been living outside the vault for 150 years and the third game you're coming from a vault that hasn't seen the outside for 200 years and then uh, if I remember right New Vegas you're not from a vault at all are you?
2: No it's uh, totally flip like you're just uh, like a courier basically so the only reason you come across a Pip-Boy is just because which is the uh, device that a lot of these vaults people have um and basically, it's like a giant iPhone attached to your arm. <laughs> yeah, but um, I love the animation
1: yeah. for like the levels up in the Pit Bo- Pip Boy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great.
2: But yeah, uh, with that one, it's it's just totally different. Like it's just like um, most of the games you start out as a person from the Vault and you're coming out of the Vault and experiencing the world. Where New Vegas, it's just like you are aware of the world. You already have a backstory, which you can find out tidbits like through dialogue and stuff. So if you're talking to somebody, your character might remember something or mention, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember traveling out near Arizona or something like that. D- didn't your character get shot in the head before the game started and he's coming out of kind of amnesia thing? Right, right. So, there you know, there's a story why he doesn't remember everything, but he has like bits and pieces. And
1: I believe that, you know... Aside from the people in the vaults, in the outside world, like, different factions have developed. Like, the original oh, governments yeah, yeah. aren't there anymore, but there are a bunch of factions, Factions,
2: right? Yeah, there's, like, uh, the Brotherhood of Steel, which is just this uh, kind of crazy technology-obsessed... And they hoard technology, so they don't give it out to people. And then there's stuff like the New California Republic, which... Uh, Zert, you might be able to explain the NCR a little bit better than me.
0: Uh... <laughs> uh, oh ron sorry yeah you calling me by one of my <laughs> old online names yeah the there's the new california republic which is uh started outside one of the successful vaults that they basically built a city once the survivors came out and there's also and i want to say this right don't they call him kaiser in the in the game instead of caesar yeah yeah yeah, yeah kaiser's legion which i think
2: is, it's like a old pronunciation if i remember right
0: yeah, yeah, they kind of went for uh, what it would actually sound like in Latin, but I'm gonna call them i am gonna say Caesar's, because I don't know uh, Caesar's Legion, which is base- basically they co-opted the whole Roman aesthetic and everything. So you get the in this Fallout world, you get the randomly fight uh, guys with Roman gear, which is kind of cool. <laughs>
2: did you guys know that there's a fallout tabletop rpg yeah i've seen it i've like i've had interest in it but i've never picked it up other than like just looking at it basically
1: yeah i know it outsold call of cthulhu last year which i found kind of surprising yeah they did the top five sales numbers and uh fallout rpg actually came in fourth i mean i
2: guess that would make sense since it's um such a big franchise now
1: uh first was uh dungeons and dragons second was pathfinder I don't remember ah, what's third it doesn't matter
2: those
0: are the, that's <laughs> all you need
1: right there is third is Pat just button. you know the best loser <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep, yep, yeah <laughs> i i bet it was a uh, I bet it was a uh, vampire one of those one of those i
1: could see say. it being shadow run i see more shadow run advertised than vampire like i really don't know but
2: uh i just I imagine like right under fallout is like are you smarter than a third grader or whatever that show was <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah wait, a,
0: go ahead uh no you go ahead i i was going to do one of those things where i start talking and think of what i was going to say so i actually didn't have anything prepared right there
2: you bastard!
0: I'm a uh, bastard. You're just the worst. <laughs> I'm 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 messing this whole thing up. And how people... dare you! just people are gonna slam on the one star after they listen to this uh i guess i guess as a host i should uh i I should i should tell you guys what i started with my first rpg spirit i'm i'm old school and old so my my first rpg was uh final fantasy one for the nintendo that was what but baby rodney ended up playing and getting hooked on it and when i go back and try to play it now I just shake my head and go, "Jeez, I had a lot more patience or time when I was a
2: kid." <laughs>
0: um, the, some of the old, old school, grinding Nintendo, Super Nintendo RPGs, I love them to death, but I try to go back and play them, and I just don't. I, I guess, social media and the internet has ruined my attention span. Because yeah, oh, I, absolutely. I, yeah,
2: I can't. I can't stand. Sit down. That's and, how I uh, feel about yeah. the original Pokemon games. Like I, I love them, but I just I can't play them without like uh, an emulator to speed it up, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah. So though I was I tried to play Pokemon Emerald uh, a couple months back, and I was running into that problem. And I got around a little bit by streaming it on Twitch. So you know I've you know I could at least talk to myself and the two people that are watching me <laughs> to keep my attention. <laughs> uh, I, I I please go ahead
1: i a couple months ago had a similar experience with final fantasy 7 i downloaded it yeah. uh, on my uh on my switch and it's like one of my favorite rpgs of all time but like i got to the part in the slums where like cloud and tifa are talking like in the big pile of garbage and i'm like oh my god this is so slow <laughs>
0: <laughs> final fantasy 7 really kind of brought rpgs to the forefront that was the first one i remember uh kind of going mainstream and people kind of finally going oh these japanese rpg games are actually pretty cool and it kind of went from there did elmer um did you you played it you so i guess you played it on release right
1: yeah it was uh actually the entire reason i bought the console that it was on i think it was the ps1 Mm -hmm. yeah it was the entire reason i got a ps1 one of my friends uh rented a ps1 and uh final fantasy 7 from blockbuster video and (laughs) we played it for a weekend and we were like oh my god like this is the best thing ever and like that was the next console and game I purchased.
0: Did you guys do the thing where you rented it and rented the console, but you didn't have a memory card? Because I've heard about some people Ooh. doing that and not being able to save. Yep.
1: The console was on the entire <laughs> weekend we had it. Which is probably why they have de- had deposits on them.
0: Yeah, back, yeah, back in the day, uh, you could get the console from a Blockbuster, but you had to put down like 100 bucks or something crazy like that.
2: I used to do that with uh, the Nintendo 64 and Pokemon Snap. <laughs>
0: the Uh. the rent game rentals are such a lost thing and and some of the younger folks uh didn't have to put up with when you play an rpg for three days and then you have to take it back to the rental store and then you don't have the money to get it and you come back a week later and some dickheads deleted your save (laughs) but sometimes
1: you would rent it and there'd be the other guy's save that was at level 99 with all of the characters and all of the equipment. And, and it's like, it, okay, you, the you got the, the game, game shark.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then maybe you maybe there's no open save slot, so you delete that guy's and the second would
2: continues. All... <laughs> I would always put my save on the bottom, hoping that they wouldn't delete it. And anytime I came back, it was always gone. <laughs> so, well, oh, okay, third save slot. I'm gonna be nice. Hopefully, everybody else is is like, no, it's just gone every time. <laughs>
1: well, she's passed away now, so I think I can can tell this story. But
2: uh, o- I used to rent Ogre
1: Battle from Blockbuster like every weekend. Like you just could not find it. Like the American run was extremely limited, so you just could not yep. find it. And one of my aunts noticed that I kept running the same game, and she was like. You know, you could have bought this game a couple times by now. Why do you keep renting it? And I explained the whole thing to her. So she stole it from Blockbuster for me <laughs> and gave it to me for my birthday. And man, awesome birthday gift, but larceny over the rented video games.
0: I've got a few uh, copies of some Super Nintendo cartridges, and a couple of them are from Blockbuster. They're from their dying days. Uh, one of them, including a copy of Earthbound, which I think I got for like 10 bucks, which is insane. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Blockbuster.
1: I don't know if you remember it. They very they, they were a very shortly lived franchise called Video Update. And uh yeah. my nephew actually had like three or four PlayStation 2 games that he rented from them and and their chain closed down while he had these rented games and he went back to try to return them and that store was empty and the signage was all gone so he just kept them.
0: <laughs> I had I had that happen with a local video store down the street in my late teens uh, I rented a few <laughs> bring this down to uh, rented a few wrestling tapes Ta- tapes yeah that's just how old I am but I rented a few wrestling tapes and I had them out for like two weeks and you know the, they're was going to be a late charge and i was worried about taking them back and we went down there and the place was closed so
2: <laughs> it's like it was good you waited it out but I, yeah i have i do have a serious question did we did we kill Blockbuster? <laughs>
0: <laughs> we all did. Everybody listening. We're all responsible for Blockbuster's death. That I, I think we difference. had a hand
2: in killing them.
0: <laughs> is, is this like the South Park episode?
1: I broke the dam. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, might, it might be. It might be. I actually didn't pref- I preferred not to go to Blockbuster. Uh, until so it was became... so expensive,
2: too. Yeah. Right at the time the there's local places everywhere and in fact, i take it back i'm glad we killed blockbuster <laughs> I,
0: i'm yes you know what the, we're better <laughs> off because a lot of food places open up in old blockbusters
1: i, I uh, love how I, I i don't know where you're from jared but in indiana there are still a few uh family videos and i love yep. that they all have a little caesars like either right next to them or across the street from them like every single one of them just slowly approaching
2: it's if, gonna if take I, over <laughs>
0: If Absorted. I remember right, the theory about why family videos are still open is because they have a pornography section. And <laughs> <laughs> it's some of these el- elder people don't know how to get internet porn, apparently, and uh, still go to family video to rep porn, which is crazy. Who would do that? Could you yeah, imagine I mean, being,
1: like, the video clerk go, the and, like, the little <laughs> old lady comes up with, like, the really raunchy porn? Like, how <laughs>
0: awkward that would be? Um, Just... I'm sure they're probably probably used to it at this point. But yeah, just <laughs>
2: like, oh my God, grandma's here again.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, we've uh, kind of
1: wandered a bit here. Um, we did. I, I would have I to say, uh, Jared, has there been any uh, like RPG games you've picked up that you thought were going to be great? And then you were just like, oh, why do people like this? Why, why did I spend money on this?
2: Oh God, there was a um, <sighs> marathon. Marathon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, marathon. It's not an RPG, but I mean, yeah, we, I think me, uh, Rob. Rodney and a couple of other our friends picked up Marathon, which was a first person shooter for the Mac, and released on by, yep. made by the same guys who made Halo. And I know it's not an RPG, but it was like it was world round to like Mac players. So we were like, "Oh, okay, this is gonna be fun. It looks like Doom." And we, I just remember getting stuck on that lava level to like. <laughs> five six hours just wandering in circles and we're there was four of us and we just all kept like wondering going like wh- where the hell do we go what do we do what are we doing wrong but um rpg wise uh i'm trying to think i i was always really selective because i kind of i didn't grow up poor necessarily but you know i i had to pick my games up because you know around that time it was like 60 a pop for like something on playstation 2 and yep Unless you were buying like um, used or something, you know, it was one of those things where I was, you know, like I said, just selective. So uh, I'm trying to remember an RPG that just w- didn't live up to what I thought it would. Um,
0: what about the uh, Chrono Trigger remake, the the sequel? Oh, for-
2: Chrono Cross? I, I heard that was really good.
0: I never played it, but I remember reading some people were disappointed with it.
2: I think the main disappointment that people took away from it was that it wasn't, I it was a kind of direct sequel, but it didn't have any of the main characters or anything like that. So it didn't really um, touch on like anything from Chrono Trigger except for like little Easter eggs and references, basically.
0: I, I think I, I actually, I have one for this, uh, Saga Frontier. I remember buying Saga Frontier. Oh, yeah. Because uh, you know Square Square at the time, they're Square Enix now. Uh, Gee, imagine that! Not for long, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I remember them putting it out, and I remember, uh, yeah, I bought that one, and I got about five hours into it, and that game just made absolutely no sense. You talk about a game that you need to go online for. That was one of them. Like you had to have a a walkthrough open. It was just, it was a mess. Elmer, what about you?
1: I think it would have to be. It was either a Super Nintendo game or. PS1 game and it's called Seventh uh, Saga.
0: Oh my and- god. <laughs> oh, Seventh Saga. Oh, good lord. You brought up bad memories with that one. I
1: rented it once and I tried playing as every character, but I would just like get out of the very beginning, like where you'd start, and instantly die. Like, like I was basically, like, trying to run to the nearest town because my characters could not handle any of the random encounters.
0: And there was, it was there terrible. Was a, there was a bug in that one in the translation when they brought it over to America that made it impossible to be... Not almost impossible because people do anything, you know, because they have the time. But you, the bosses were always guaranteed to be, like, twice as powerful than, as to you. They... They did something with one of the decimal points in the experience level or something like that, but that game's notorious for being <laughs> just one of the worst, and yeah, I, I, thanks for reminding me of that horrible game. I wouldn't know
1: because I never made it to a boss, but I could imagine that being a problem. It
0: was a huge problem. It was If you've never played it, You have you have your main character, and you could get you. There's seven companions, and you could have one at a time. And yeah, like Elmer said, that game would just you go out the first town and it'll blast you. And guess what? You're not getting any farther.
2: You know, I I was thinking and. Just, it finally occurred to me, the one ga- yeah, like, it didn't have any good hype around it, but I was a kid, and, you know, going to Blockbuster, I was just renting whatever I could find, so, uh, this may ring a bell, um, Quest 64.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the, the first, <laughs> the first, uh, RPG for the, 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 the it's 64, right?
2: I, I, I picked it up thinking, I was just like, well, you know, it's there, I might as well try it out, and I would... Put it in, I maybe rented it like maybe four or five times trying to figure it out and it just felt directionless and it, the controls were awful and just I hated everything about it and I was just like why do I keep renting this?
0: I, there was I, a you place, know, I did place, that with... The, oh. Um... I, I was just going to say there's a PlayStation 1 game called Beyond the Beyond, which was kind of in the same boat. It was like the first PlayStation RPG, and that one's uh, problem was you had a random encounter, like maybe like every three or four steps just constant constant random battles didn't your character in that have a flute uh that I don't know because like you and Seven Saga I think I got out of the main town and died (laughs) um (laughs) thinking about N64 games
1: there was a an N64 game that was I think supposed to be an RPG but I could never figure out how to actually play the thing called Draken. I don't know if either of you guys ever played it
0: yeah I I remember Draken. Draken was kind of a kind of an early first person kind of the game the graphics were real primitive if, if I'm rem- remembering that because there was also a dragon for uh Super Nintendo as well and apparently a whole uh, a whole bunch of these f- from Japan didn't make it over and I'm glad.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you, well, you had like four characters and there was some like loose plot about elemental dragons that you were supposed to find, but it was just mainly like wandering around in an almost featureless plane. Like it was terrible.
0: It was. It was not great,
1: but. You know what elements make an RPG that you love? You I,
0: know, I I could I could start. Let me let me just put this out there. I don't like random battles. And I, yeah. I never was a real fan of them, but that was a limitation of systems at the time. And now, give me a mini map with some enemies so I at least have a chance to avoid them if I don't want
2: to. You know the uh, new Pokemon games. They started implementing that, and I I really love them. I need to get back to uh, oh which one was it? I got it here. Some uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield.
0: Yeah, that's that's the is that the one for the uh, I think that's Switch. one of the most
2: recent. Yeah, that's for the Switch.
1: Okay, so we're we're against random <laughs> battles. Um, <But> just... <laughs> I have to say I love an RPG that has some kind of crazy mode of travel, whether it's an airship or a dune buggy or a you know, time chip or whatever like i want a crazy ass vehicle at some point that i have to do something weird to acquire
0: it feels really good when you spend the whole game like walking like a scrub and then halfway through the game you get a cool vehicle and yeah you, you start, get like was... a motorbike you can do wheelies and stuff on yeah and you're zooming through the parts that you were trudging through before yeah that's a that's a really good one
2: you know i uh for rpgs stuff i like like i said uh, with chrono trigger i like uh branching paths just like i said um with the maggot stuff and even some of the things where you can just like save characters or have characters sacrifice like you can straight up kill the chrono in that yeah, yeah the, just having having a having a whole bunch of characters is cool too because
0: sometimes you don't want to be the main character and his best friend you want to be the weird kid from the veld or you want to be a frog or you want to be the mime or the abominable snowman
1: (laughs) or you could or you could play in and have your entire party be blacksmiths
0: (laughs) that's one we should have mentioned uh but i didn't want to because i'm terrible pronouncing that name (laughs) oh it's it was
1: one of my loves too like i i know it's a castle but you get a castle in in those games that you get to customize based on drafting uh finding and recruiting characters and watching that castle grow is one of the most satisfying video game experiences ever
0: and in, 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 what was it like 108 characters you can take everyone out and put them in your party and even if it doesn't make sense you can roll with like you said blacksmiths or a party of chefs Uh, uh jumping
2: back here a little bit um, a game I was disappointed by i I sorry for like you know just no, no, remembering go for this it. but uh, there was one I just remembered I'm trying to find the name here because I bought it thinking I was like, okay, that sounds awesome, but it's so incredibly dialogue-heavy that I could not, like, power through it. Uh, Pillars of Eternity, it yep, it's by the Obsidian guys, and um, I think it has, like, the same writing staff as, like, New Vegas, but it is just insanely, insanely dialogue-heavy, and it's, like, it takes, like, maybe two hours to get through, like, one room if you're just talking to everybody. Do, Do you have an idea... Of-
0: of when that game was made,
2: uh, let me see. I have it pulled up here. Uh, 2015. Okay,
0: it was a its spiritual successor
2: to the Baldur's Gates game for PC. Uh, if the gameplay think- is really good. It's pretty tough, but it's just like dialogue-wise, it's just like layers and layers and layers of dialogue.
0: So, yeah, sometimes, sometimes you want to play a game and not read a novel. I, right. I exactly. That, yeah.
1: <laughs> I, you know. That's that's been a gripe I've had about modern games quite a bit. Like um Dragon Age was bad about it because like you'd get all of these like these like text resources you didn't have to read, but if you did read them, you could get like things about the plot or things about the world that were just interesting and that made it like it felt like they just didn't feel like editing themselves, so they just put everything in and are like, well, players who want to read will read. And right. I don't yeah. know, I just don't like that. Like there were a lot there's a lot of richness that I feel like I was missing. Mass
2: Effect does that a lot too.
0: Death Team's kind of a bioware thing where like they'll put they'll have an obsidian thing that they'll put in uh kind of books and stuff you can read in games if you want to it's there I kind of feel I don't think
2: it's necessarily a bad thing but it's just like there are points where it's just like well okay look this is awesome that you put this in here and you know this is cool lore but why didn't you put it in the actual game as like a side quest or something yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah that's that's my feeling about it and there's actually a new game that came out that I really love that had some of these problems they did that a little bit they also it's called Triangle Strategy it's for the Switch. I don't know if either of you have played it yet. Um,
0: I've, 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 I've heard you mention it a few times, but no. never heard of it. Well, it's a it's a turn-based
1: strategy game. Like, it feels a lot like a spiritual successor to Final Fantasy Tactics, um, which is one of my favorites. And the problem is they set the game up with all these different game modes. So they have, like, a battle mode. They have an exploration mode. And they have, a, a, like, a plot forwarding mode. And then they have a character background mode. And then they have, a, like, decision mode and the problem is you end up having to read four times as much as when you're actually doing stuff and it it bugs me because the, the, they don't got it right but it is actually a really great game and uh jared you might want to check it out it has some very strong branching pathways sure
2: absolutely yeah i was thinking of uh, another game it's not Exactly an RPG. I guess it's an action RPG that when I played it it was just like walls and walls of text. Um Warframe? Have you guys heard of this? Yes. Haven't played it but I've heard of it. I've heard of a lot of games. <laughs> yeah it's uh i mean it looks amazing and i was playing it i was having a good time but like the upgrade system in that is just insane because like you click on one thing then it opens another thing and then it opens another thing and another thing but it was just like one of those things it's just like okay this is way too much for me what do you guys think about games
1: with item-based upgrades where like you know you have to get certain pieces of equipment to change your class to a certain class or to learn a certain skill what are your thoughts on like that mechanic generally
0: i think it's Good, but I don't like it when like you upgrade items and then the item can break and you have to start over. Yeah, uh, I, I specifically remember uh, the PlayStation 2 game Dark Cloud, Dark Cloud Two, ruining it for me because you put ten hours upgrading a sword and then up, oh, guess what? It broke and you don't have that weapon anymore. That kind of cut them. Down. I don't like it.
2: I think a good implementation. Implementation. I cannot say that word. I think, implementation. Uh, implementation there you go was um dragon's dogma dark arisen have you guys played that
0: the this is that the japanese kind of skyrim yeah 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 yeah, came out
2: on like pc xbox 360 a bunch of the other ones yeah um but yeah they had if i remember right they had stuff you could like attach to yourself that would give you certain class abilities and stuff and you could switch it out anytime, but you know you had to have like certain items to get certain things and it was just like how the way it was implemented in that it was pretty much perfect like it was easy to swap stuff out it was easy to try things out if something didn't work you could you know throw it away sell it or you could combine things and stuff like um if i remember right there was like a kind of like a sword wizard kind of thing where you could do like a staff in one hand, sword in another and then do kinds of like, all kinds of like, um, tornado magic and stuff and with your sword as well and it was like really, really crazy and really impressive. I haven't checked it out but it sounds like something I might like. I'll have to look at yeah, it. Yeah, I I think you would love that. It's such a good game and like it's a, it's a little bit of Skyrim it's a little bit of Dark Souls kind of mixed together, um, which sounds like Elden Ring. It's almost kind of like a, like a Precursor to Elden Ring.
1: Yeah, the only Elden thing Ring. I know about Elden Ring is apparently
2: you get murdered all the time. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that happens a lot. But you get the dopamine when you beat something, though. I could see. All that. All right.
0: Um. I guess. I guess we should probably start towards the whole wrapping it up thing with the hour episode here. Uh. This has been. It's been awesome talking video game shop with you guys. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah, thanks for thanks for showing up. Um, no problem. Don't forget, we need to get Jared's tip. Oh, yeah, we need to, um, let me, like, this, Jared, uh, if you have a tip for new tabletop RPG players, we'd love to hear it. If anything, any advice you could give as a new if, player. Do you mind if I curse? Don't uh, you didn't use, Marty.
2: you didn't use your F-bomb, so this is your chance. Yep, <laughs> you'd be surprised. Once you review the audio, I, I dropped it a couple of times when I was fast about it. <laughs> ah. Um, but I'll i officially here. Fuck everything.
0: <laughs> you mean you mean you mean you mean really M- make love,
2: make I, love, kiss, love everything.
1: You know, like love chef. Us. You know, turn on the music. Yeah, take that role playing game, lay down in front of the fire,
2: <laughs> put on a put on a bathrobe, little pipe in your mouth. Any character you meet in D D, just immediately just be like, all right, how are we doing this? With consent, I, obviously, but you know, I think that's I think that's the the best tip we've gotten <laughs> since we
0: started this podcast.
2: Yes, do fuck it fuck with everything. consent.
1: Got it. <laughs> Got exactly. it. Exactly.
2: That's the most important part about that. With consent, fuck everything.
0: All right. Um. Of course, you know, I'm I'm Rodney. I'm one of your hosts. I'm on uh, social media. I'm on Twitter under Dr. Zogle. D R Z O G G L E. I'm also on Twitch, Steam, whatever. If you want to hang out with me, I'd be happy to. You know meet you elmer where can they find you
1: they can find me at the homebrew Schmomebrew website or they can find me on twitter at Schmomebrew. that's at s-h-m-o-m-b-r-e-w and uh you know to those of you who are listening like you made it this far so you know obviously you liked us you should just go a little bit farther and give us five stars and (laughs) make some good comments about us and uh you know just do all of that. Remember, uh, you know, fuck with consent, as uh, Jared had to say. <laughs> exactly. Uh, give us those reviews. Give us those stars. Help other people find the podcast so that they can mm-hmm. get such important information to assist with their gaming lives.
2: And, uh, Jared, uh, w- where can
0: they find you online?
2: Uh, I'm primarily on Tumblr as a pasta bot. That's P A S T A B O T. And on Twitch TV, as possible. I'm on Twitter, but not very active. So if you want to find me, find me over there. Not on Twitch a lot, but I've been meaning to get back on there.
0: And uh, thank you, listener. And I, I appreciate you hanging out with me today as I as I take my first foray into being the main host today. And thanks, Albert, for being the,
2: the other host today. Um, I just realized something. We didn't get into wrestling at all, so that's like a miracle <laughs> for us.
0: That's a miracle. Maybe maybe we'll have a very special episode one day where we do <laughs> that. Uh thanks for everybody for listening. Uh we appreciate it. And please add one hundred and seventy five XP points to your sheet. And thank you and we'll see you later. Thank you. Bye. 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 Say bye. bye. Adios.
2: Adios. Sola.